Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week, it's a Dreamcastic Classic episode from May 7th, 2014. Hey gymnasts, Elite Sports Band is a cutting-edge compression back warmer that can protect your most valued asset, your back. I'm Allison Taylor on behalf of Elite Sports Band. Visit EliteSportsBand.com. We've got your back. It's an all-interview episode with the winner of pretty much everything since the 2012 London Games, Elizabeth Price. We talked to her back in January 2013. That's when this interview was done. Since then, she has won the 2013 DTB World Cup in Germany, first all-around. The Glasgow World Cup, she was second all-around in 2013. She won the, um, and that was with the, the vault fall that was like out of nowhere. And then 2014, she won the AT&T American Cup with Mr. McCulloch. And then she just won the Pack Rim Championships. She was first all-around first team, first on bars, first on floor. And then she took a little break and took third on balance beam. And she also won the 2013-2014 FIG World Cup Series. She's the champion of the whole series. So... Not too shabby, you know, Evie. She's doing pretty good for herself. Last month, she announced that she's stepping down from the national team and elite gymnastics in order to start college gymnastics at Stanford. We cannot wait to watch her compete in the NCAA for the next four years. So congratulations to Evie on being accepted to the third-ranked university in the whole entire world and being able to go there for free by doing flips for tuition. That's like the best deal ever. So have fun in college, EV. This week's classic episode with Elizabeth Price is brought to you by TumbleTrack. TumbleTrack is having a sale on accessories right now, and there is one that I love so much. It's the TumbleTrack dismount mat with attachment straps. Yes, it's like suspenders for your mat. The mat attaches to the legs of the TumbleTrack. It's the best idea ever. So you know what this prevents? the full body hip bump. You know what I'm talking about. No more having to be the person who has to throw your whole body over the end of the gazillion pound whale mat and then hip bump it like 10 times in a row until it goes back in place after your turn. No more of that. No more yelling at your teammate, uh, can you push the mat in for like the 700th time. The dismount mat is designed specifically for use with the tumble track or porta track and attaches securely to the end of either unit with nylon webbing straps. This mat with tiny, super strong suspenders is 15% off right now at TumbleTrack. Check it out at TumbleTrack.com. That's T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K. TumbleTrack. More reps, less stress. 
Elizabeth Price is a U.S. national team member who has had quite a year. During the past 12 months, she's competed at the Olympic trials, traveled to the United Kingdom as a replacement athlete for the Olympic Games, and absolutely dominated the Stuttgart and Glasgow World Cups, where she won the all-around both times. She set herself up for an exciting 2013, and just the other day, Evie was one of two American women with Kyla Ross, named the 2013 American Cup. Evie, thank you for coming on the show. Big news for you this week. Um, congratulations. Congratulations. The U.S. announced the American Cup rosters and you're on it. And I know that was a goal for you. And uh, I was just wondering when you found out you'd be competing there. I found out the day before they announced it. Uh, Steve Penny called my gym and told my coaches and my coaches called me. That's pretty awesome. Not every day that Steve Penny calls the gym and says, hey, you're going to do this, I suppose. Um, you yeah, know, so- it's pretty exciting. <laughs> now that you've been through an Olympic trials and that whole process, does it make you less nervous about doing an event like the American Cup? It makes me a little less nervous. I mean, it's still a competition. I'm going to be nervous. But being at the other competitions definitely gives me more confidence going into these big international meets. Mm-hmm. And often as a gymnast sort of goes through their career, they find that some things get a little bit easier and some things get a little bit harder. And maybe what was hard for you when you were 11 or 12 is not hard for you at 16, but maybe some of the things that were hard, that were easy uh, at that age get a little bit harder as you get older. And so I was just wondering, you know, um, as you've gotten more mature in gymnastics and become a senior competitor, um, is there anything that has gotten easier for you? And conversely, anything that has gotten harder? Um, let me think. I haven't, I can't think of anything that's really gotten harder. I mean, I've been working a lot of newer skills and then you kind of work away from the old skills that I learned when I was little. But a lot of skills have gotten easier. Definitely my vaults have gotten more consistent. Things have gotten more consistent on beam and basically everything's gotten better, I think. That Aminar of yours is so huge. Uh, when did you start working it, and when did it really become a consistent vault for you? I started working it a little over a year ago, and then I competed it the first time in Italy last year. And I have to say it got pretty consistent over the summer. Cool. Are there any skills of yours that scare you to do? Um, skills that really scare me. I can't say that there's skills that really scare me. I mean, a lot of skills are harder than others, but none of them make me, like, terrified or anything. <laughs> Is there any skill that you've ever seen somebody else do where you just look at that and you go, wow, I don't think I'd want to try that? Uh, there's a lot of skills on beam that I would not really want to do. But <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, I mean, think some people do a lot of like connections or I'm not really sure just being in general there's a lot of things there that I would not really want to try (laughs) (laughs) well one thing I was so impressed about your beam routine in both Glasgow and Stuttgart was the level of confidence that you displayed out there you know um so many people, even those people who do standing fulls, just don't get out there and rip one off and just make it look so easy like that. How did you develop consistency on beam, and how do you keep the nerves down when you're in competition? Well, I developed my consistency by really training all my skills, repetitive, like repeat, uh, repeating them over and over again. And the more I did them, 
the better they got and got more consistent. And then when I go out to compete, I just have to try to think that I'm at practice doing my routines just like I normally do. And it normally helps calm me down. Excellent. And can you tell us about some of the gymnasts that you grew up admiring and who you look up to in the sport now? When I was growing up, my favorite gymnast was Courtney Kupetz. And at the time, I also looked up to all the girls who went to the Olympics and were world champions. I thought they were amazing. And now I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of them, uh, being an elite and everything. And now I just try to pretend kind of like I'm them and so that little girls can look up to me the same way. <laughs> what was it that you liked about Courtney Kupatz? I think I just liked her gymnastics and her attitude, and she seemed really nice and everything. Mm. And can you take us through kind of a typical day in the life of Elizabeth Price? Sure. Let's see. I wake up at about 7 o'clock and get ready for gym and eat breakfast by 7.30, and my dad takes me to the gym, and then he goes to work. And I start practice at 8.30, and we practice till 12.30, and then have an hour break, and then we go back to working out until about 4, I'd say, and mm -hmm. by then we start conditioning and stretching and all that. And then I come home, I relax a little bit, go on the computer, read some stuff before getting to my schoolwork. And then my brother, by then my brother's home from school and practice. And we're doing homework, have dinner, go do more homework, and then get ready for bed. Maybe watch TV before I go to bed and start the whole thing the next day. Oh, cool. So do you do any time in like regular school at all, or do you take correspondence courses? How does that work? I stopped going to school in seventh grade. I'm homeschooled now. I do everything in books with a program here in Pennsylvania. I see. I have to ask, you know, do you ever miss being in a regular classroom? Yeah, I do because I loved school when I was in school. I didn't really want to leave. But even now, I still get to see a lot of my friends and I go to all the football games and a lot of dances. So I'm not completely out of it. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. What subjects do you like? My favorite subjects are math and science. Nice. And might that maybe grow into some sort of career opportunity when you do go to college? Have you thought about that at all yet? Yeah. Right now I'm really interested in engineering. Both my parents are engineers, and I kind of like that too. Oh, I see. Very interesting. And so when it comes to selecting a school, um, what are you looking for in, in the university experience? Well, I'm looking for a school that's both good academically and has a good team, and the whole overall atmosphere is friendly and comforting and make me feel at home. All right. And what are some of the goals that you have outside of gymnastics? I realize that the sport's got to be all-encompassing for you right now, but I think it's important to emphasize, you know, to some people who might think that gymnasts just don't have anything to do outside of the gym, um, that there are there are other opportunities and other things that elite gymnasts are into, even if they have to dedicate a lot of time to practice. So can you tell me a little bit about what you like to do when you're not at practice? When I'm not at practice, I really like to spend time with my brothers. We get along well now, now that we're older. <laughs> so I like to hang out with them, go to their sporting events, 
I like to go to the mall or the movies with my family and my friends and really hang out. And that's really what I like to do in my free time. How many brothers do you have? I have two younger brothers. They're 13 and 14, Ethan and Eli. I see. And are either of them involved in gymnastics? They did gymnastics when they were younger, but now that they're older, they do football and lacrosse. Ah, cool. You're the one with the gymnastics talent in the family? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So tell us actually about sort of your early days in gymnastics. How did you come to start practicing the sport? Well, when I was younger, my parents told me that I had a lot of energy, and by the time it was by the time the day was over and it was time for me to go to bed, I just didn't want to. I had so much energy. I was tiring them out. So my mom was driving past uh, Parquette every day and decided gymnastics would be a good way for, to tire me out. So they put me in the sport. Mm-hmm. And do you remember this, having uh, all of this energy and not wanting to go to bed and such? Nope, not at all. <laughs> How old were you when you first went to Parquette? I was three. I was three when I started. I see. And was it like an instant thing right away, love for the sport, and did your coaches immediately recognize that you were talented? Yeah, I had a lot of fun when I was little. I never wanted to leave. And the coaches did realize that I had a lot of potential to be a great gymnast. And at what point did somebody sit down with you or your parents and kind of say, you know, um, you're really, really good. You could get to a high level. Um, at what, what age were you when somebody actually started talking about the Olympics and the national team and stuff like that? Well, when I was nine, the gym, my coaches started putting me with older groups of girls who were better than me at the time. And they had me train with them instead of the lower level girls that I was tra- training with. And that got me better. And over time, they would change me completely into the higher groups and I'd start moving faster than some of the other girls. I see. And who coaches you now on which events? Um, bars. My coaches are John Holman, Joe Stallone, and Donna Strauss. Well, she coaches me on everything, really. Mm-hmm. And on Beam, I also have Robin Netwell. She coaches me on Vault. I have Bill Strauss coaching me, and I'm four rotting coaches me, too. I see. Okay. And, you know, I heard that Parquet's Elites used to do a lot of work on the trampoline. Is that still true? Yeah, we try to get some tramp done every day, and it really helps with knowing where we are when we're twisting and flipping. and helps um, coach, like, helps us learn new skills, too. But we try to do that every day. I see. And could you take us through a, a typical daily workout at the ranch when you're with the national team in Texas? Okay. We normally start practice. Well, we normally go to breakfast, I'd say around 7 o'clock. Mm. And practice starts at 8.30, and we like to get to the gym early, around 8 o'clock-ish. And our for, we have two workouts. Our first workout is to about 12, 12.30-ish. And then we break for a couple of hours and go back to the gym at 4. I think we start the second workout at around 4. And we practice, again, every event till 7. And then we have dinner. And after that, we all hang out together, maybe do homework until the next day. It sounds like kind of an early morning, actually. <laughs> yeah. What's it like working with Marta Caroli? How is she like in the gym? She 
she always watches, like, she watches everyone. She pays attention to not just the girls who are at the top. It's actually great for the younger girls. And she also, she coaches us. She's kind of in charge of everything that we do. When we go to maybe present a routine, she really writes on the criteria of what she wants us to see. She come, sometimes tells us maybe new skills we could be working and tries to basically help us become better gymnasts and also work together better as a team. I see. Has she suggested any skills for you personally? She hasn't su- suggested perfect skills, like um, specific skills, but if I start working in new skills, she'll let me know that it could be a very good possibility to get into my routine, to get into my routines, or if she sees a skill that maybe isn't for me, she'll let my coaches know. I see. You know, and uh, we've heard tales a little bit of scary wildlife encounters when you're at the ranch, and I was just wondering if you've had any of those. Uh, let's see. We've had times where there like a camel chasing us, or we'll go to walk down to a lake and we can't because there's horses in our way and they won't move no matter what. <laughs> that, those are some things that's happened that have happened to me. Okay, no snakes. I haven't encountered a snake, but my coaches have, and there have been lizards in our room before. Oh, lizards in your room? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> better than snakes, I guess. I, I yes, spent a week definitely. at the Caroli camp when I was ten, and I was scared witless the entire time that I was going to, um, like, you know, open the door and there was going to be a snake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> perils of the, being on the national team, I guess, for you guys. Um, so, yeah. how would you describe the atmosphere? there when you're at the ranch? Competitive, intense, fun, all the above? I think it's not very competitive. I mean, we're all there really just training with a regular practice at the gym. I'd say that we're, well, we're all, when we're down there, we're all like sisters, so it's definitely not competitive. We have a lot of fun together, even though we're in separate groups a lot. But sometimes it's a little stressful. We're working hard every day. It can be really hard. We get sore a lot. But we always have fun afterwards. It's a lot of fun being down there with other girls. When you're down there and you're, you have to be sort of on when you're in the gym all those hours of the day, when you get back, do you feel like, you know, you, do you take a day off or, you know, do you sort of unwind a little bit in practice once you're back home in your gym? Depending on when we come home, we might take a day off, or if we don't take a day off, the next day would be a little bit easier. But then we get back into training normally and trying to incorporate everything we did at camp back home. I see. And every national team member I ask, uh, you know, tell us tell us a little bit about the personalities of the other members uh, on the, of the national team when they're not in the gym, because we get, we could sort of see you guys in competition and you're very stoic and serious. But I would like to know, you know, who's the class clown? Who's the studious one? Who's boy crazy? If you don't mind. Uh, let's see. I'd say this. Well, there are a lot of funny girls down there, but like. <laughs> I'd say that like when they're together, the funniest girls are Simone, Lexi, and Caitlin Ahashi. Okay. They're like the craziest ones. It's so fun to be around them. <laughs> and I don't know who who is uh, the one who hates getting up early in the morning. I'd say the one who hates getting up in the morning would be Kennedy Baker. I mean, she's <sighs> hilarious and everything, but she does not like early morning things. <laughs> so yeah. How- 
What has it been like for you this year? You've become something of a media personality, what with the Olympic trials and everything. Uh, how do you feel about the media attention you've gotten? Shy, pleased, nice to be recognized? It's definitely nice to be recognized and doing a bunch of interviews and things. And it's not too much. I'm not out of the gym all the time, always on the phone. So I think it's just perfect for right now. Cool. Uh, now, Parquets has a long history of producing national team members, and I was wondering if you had any former elites as mentors. Let's see. I've had I've, a lot of um, girls who've gone away to college and come back. A lot of them are elites, and they know every they know what it's like going to camp and going to championships all the time. So I talk to them a lot, and but nothing really like stands out. I mean, it's a lot of fun being around all the other girls, and they don't treat being an elite gymnast, like anything totally special. They really enjoy gymnastics, and I try to follow in their footsteps. What kinds of goals do you set for yourself in competition? Are you aiming for a score? Are you aiming to hit a skill? And uh, what would be the definition of a successful meet for you? A successful meet for me would be just to go into the competition and do my best and hit on my routine and to try to Hit, how to try to do everything just like I do in practice because I mean I can't really control the scores that's all in the judges hands so I just try to do my best I see now is it sometimes difficult when you are traveling internationally uh, to adjust to different mat colors and equipment in other countries did you find any of that in Scotland or Germany when you were there for the World Cups the equipment was definitely different different uh, brands, you know, make different bars and beams. So I had to adjust to that a little bit. But after I got used to it, it was fine, and it was just like being on home equipment. Mm -hmm. I understand from Anna, actually, that um, in Birmingham when you guys were training, the equipment there was a little bit old and a little bit different from what you were used to. Was that the case for you? Yeah, it was definitely different. It wasn't exactly like top-notch equipment, so we had to do the best we could with what we had. But we did pretty good after we had a couple of days to get used to it. What was it like training in Birmingham and sort of, you know, being an Olympic replacement athlete and knowing that at any time you might get the call, um, and yet at the same time there was this team that had been named, and if everything went well for them, you wouldn't get the call. It was kind of in limbo. What was that what was that time like for you? I mean, it was a little tense not knowing what would happen. I mean, I kind of wish we could have known the future so that we wouldn't be so stressed out while we were training. But we were training just like we were competing at the Olympics. Like we were already named to be 105 to compete. Practices weren't any easier. I'm sure we were doing the exact same thing the first five were doing while they were in London. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the what was the highlight of the Olympic uh, experience for you? Did you guys get to see anything of London? We got to watch both of the team competitions. The men and the women? Um, just the two women's competitions. What was it like to be sitting in the stands that night and to see the American team take the gold medal in such a dominating fashion, too? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, I'd say, to be able to go out and actually see the whole competition. It was so much different being in the stands, and I had a lot. It was like a whole different experience not being out there competing. It's like I could feel how the girls felt during every event, and I was able to almost pretend I was down there. But it was cool to see how they completely dominated every event 
and how they hit everything and definitely deserve their win. Can you explain a little bit more how how you think they felt during the competition, you know, as you went through the four events starting on vault? Well, vault is a very strong event for the U.S., so I'm sure they weren't very nervous about that one. And it showed they did great on vault. And then as they went through each event, I'm sure they got more confident and more excited to see what would happen at the end of the competition. And by the end, I think they knew that they pretty much had it if they just hit their last event, and they did, and they did very well. Were there any other countries or competitors who stood out to you as you just sort of looked around the arena? I mean, all the other teams, they had girls who were good at certain events, you know, specialists and all that. But I think that our team was the best as far as all-around goes. And I think that was really a really important factor when it came down to seeing who would win. Oh, definitely. And did you find it motivating to have been in London and had the experience of being able to be there in the arena, or was it just was it just hard to watch and not be on the floor yourself? Well, I'd have to say I really actually enjoyed being in the stands, and I was really happy for all the girls who were down there competing. I mean, I wish I could have been competing with them, but I think they did great, and I'm happy it went the way it did. I see. And, Evie, I have just one last question, and uh, I sort of saved this one for the last, and you are under no obligation to answer it. Um, but since Gabby put it out there about experiencing racism in the gym growing up, is it all right to ask if, if you've ever experienced that either? Yeah, you can. Oh, that's a fine question. I haven't experienced anything at my gym. I mean, a lot of lot of different race of girls at my gym and no one that I know of has ever experienced anything bad. Everything, everyone gets along perfectly fine at Parkett. Absolutely awesome. Evie, that, is there anything else you wanted to add? You have been terrific. Sure, thanks. But nope, that's everything, I think. All right. So are you going to the gym today or do you have Saturdays off? Saturdays are off. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for doing the interview, and we will see you at the American Cup. This episode is brought to you by Elite Sports Band. EliteSportsBand.com. We've got your back. Visit EliteSportsBand.com, that's sports with a Z, and save $5 on your next purchase with the code GYMCAST. Thanks so much for listening. If you love the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Your review helps move us up the ranks when other gymnastics fans look for a show like this. You can also support us by shopping in our Amazon store, donating. Thank you, thank you. Everyone has donated. Or subscribing. Contact us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If there's something you think we should discuss, a routine you think needs more attention. Um, our email is gymcastic at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail on Skype. Use Name Gymcastic Podcast or call us 415 That's my phone number. That's wrong. Don't call that. <laughs> the phone number is 415 800 3191. Call that number and leave a voicemail. <laughs> we'll be back next week at a regular time, regular show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.